What's up, creeps? And welcome back to another edition, another episode, another installment of Brain Stew, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, might as well call this shit Bat Stew, because we're back on the Batman again this week. Another Batman-centric episode, I promise. Like, I, I, I said it a few weeks ago, we'll be back to the guts and gore and gooey shit again soon, next week, but for right now... I mean, the Batman is one of my favorite things in the world, that character. And, I mean, whatever, like Jeremy said perfectly in our last spoiler-free review, it borderlines with horror a little bit. It's a spooky fucking character, so whatever, we're going to go with it. And all of our listeners have always liked hearing about Batman, so let's fucking do it, right? If you are justice, do not lie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. And I'm the boy wonder, Be Ratty. Be Ratty. Official. Woo. Be Ratty. Official. That needs to be your Twitter hashtag or Twitter tag or whatever the fuck. The official. Be Ratty. You need to change it on Instagram. Be Ratty official. I tried to change it to on Instagram, but it, it, it won't let you do the hyphen, so it just does the bratty. And I don't really want to be known as bratty. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna so invite bratty. a whole bunch of different people. <laughs> it's like you'd be like, "Oh, you're bratty." You're, people are gonna get the wrong idea from that. Oh, he's bratty. exactly. I yeah. like sassy. We don't kink shame on this on this show, but uh. <laughs> fuck, man. Um, but it's it's been a while since we've all sat down. I think a good couple it's weeks. Been since a Texas while. Wrong girl. It's been. Oh, it's been <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> Put on my fucking bandana. Some rebel flags in the background, and there you mm-hmm. go. Um, but yeah, so what the fuck is up, guys? I haven't talked to you in a while. We haven't done this show nope, in a couple of weeks. Nope. Yeah, man, just yeah. Jeremy. You know, I uh, just been watching some some horror movies as usual. I uh, I watched the Rob Lowe starring Salem's Lot miniseries from like I think it was like two thousand and four or five, and uh, I I had seen it before, but it had been a few years, and I just I love that story. Um, I really like that miniseries, so I, I watched that last night, and super fun, as always, and I watched Fresh last weekend, and I knew nothing about that movie until you guys were talking about it. I'm like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Fresh? And... Yeah, I didn't know anything about it until one of our studio reps sent us an email and asked us if we wanted links to watch it, and then... I said yes and sent them our information and we never got links and I forgot about it until I looked at Hulu and was like, oh shit, there's that movie we were supposed to Dude, watch. Dude, I, I mean, Brady, you did a, a review for it, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, I went into that movie knowing nothing, like literally pretty much nothing about it except for Winter Soldier was in it. And I was like, okay, cool. And it starts off just like any like romantic movie that you would watch, you know, like chick flick status. And it's kind of like the from dusk till dawn element. Like it's, one thing for a certain amount of time, and then out of nowhere, it flips. Like, there's no warning that there's going to be that flip. It's just, if if you didn't tell somebody that they were about to watch a horror film, um, I, I really feel like that you would shock the shit out of them. And 100%. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was, yeah. it was fucking awesome, man. What a great, what a great movie. Yeah, uh, definitely a movie that more people should go out and watch. It's on their TV if you have Hulu. I loved the shit out of it. I, I See, a movie like this could benefit so well from the trailer not giving away that there's scary shit Absolutely. that happens in it. Like, let people think that it's going to be like a straight-up romantic comedy, you know, or dr- romantic comedy drama or dramedy, whatever the hell you want to call it, and then have them get that shock. 
I mean, it would probably piss a lot of people off, but it would have gotten people talking, which is a lot more than what pe- people are really, I've seen like seven or eight people tweet about it. And um, actually I was asked if we were going to review it. I was hoping we would have the chance to do that, but this is better than nothing. Cause I, I, I was very impressed by the performances, the tone. It went places that movies are usually scared to go in terms of, you know, cannibalism yep. and necrophilia and, all that crazy, creepy shit, and Brady, you were really won over by it as well. Well, yeah, right? like as you know, as Brady the is a cannibal. Is, I was about to say Brady <laughs> is a fucking our resident cannibal. is a yeah. cannibal wannabe man. Um, I think that. I mean, yeah, I guess it, it could have benefited from not having the trailer reveal so much, but I still think it did a good job of subverting a lot of expectations. And even though, like, Justin, when you sent it to me, like, I could tell right away from the trailer it was going to be about a cannibal, what they did with that storyline was very ballsy and very bold yeah. and still tasteful, though. Like, it didn't leave you sitting there being like, all right, this is too much. It wasn't over-the-top gory where you got lost in that. It was, and I mean, their performances were stellar some of the best performances i've seen of this year and most of last year like it it was just a fun movie that didn't feel bogged down by sort of woke plot you know but still managed to give you the points of like dating out there sucks like i know it's been a while since any of us dated but like we all have friends who are in the dating world (laughs) and it's like that that was my biggest takeaway from it i'm sitting there looking at danielle we've been together for fucking 15 years or more or whatever And I was like, I wouldn't even know what to do. I wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't deal with the fucking nonsense people are dealing with now with like swiping left and all that shit up. I'm like, you know, first person interaction is always the way for me, even though I met Daniel on MySpace. So who the fuck? Also, I'm just going to go out and say that uh, as someone who has worked in a produce department and still works in produce, uh, cotton candy grapes do not taste like cotton candy. So. They're delicious, though. They're, they're delicious. Good. They're so, not good. Do you, do you think somewhere out there right now, like, because obviously, like, Army Hammer's not working right now. Do you think that he watched this movie and was, like, legit, like, wiener, that his wiener was, like, rock hard? Like, oh, <laughs> this is just, this movie is singing to me right now. <laughs> he, uh, he, he called his agent. He was like, why was I not told about this? <laughs> I would have absolutely done that. I wouldn't have even acted. Yeah. I would have actually done that. Honestly, he was still wearing the shorts but I, from uh, I, but I Call love Me by Your Name. Stand in that in that role so much. I think he's actually perfect, man. He just he has that weird dark sensibility to him, but he's also like darkly funny at the same mm-hmm. time. I loved all the dark humor in it as well. But yeah, great, great flick. Uh, definitely highly recommended by all of us. Super fun, original. People bitch about the lack of original movies coming out all the time. Well, here's one. It's called Fresh on Hulu. You know what sucks, though? Real real quick before we move on. What sucks is that had this movie dropped on Netflix, it would be huge. Everybody would be talking about it. Not everybody has Hulu. You know, Netflix is the go-to. Netflix is the greatest streaming service right now, arguably. Like, that's where people go to, you know... it definitely makes look, it look at fun. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I feel like if that would have gone to Hulu, like a fraction of the people would have seen it. So, you know, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, Hulu is one of the more you know fringe streaming services. I have it because I can watch the shit that I would watch on cable if I had. That's cable why I have it. Yeah, on there. But also, it's part of the bundle deal with Disney Plus that I had. So I was like, well, I automatically have it. And I don't know why I have Disney Plus because I don't really watch anything on there. I don't watch any Marvel shows right now. But I will say this is going way off on a tangent, though, that I am actually excited for the it Obi-Wan looks fucking series. amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one return, you know, in terms of Hayden Christensen's coming back. I mean, we're going to have Darth Vader is going to be in there and all of those elements. I've always, I saw you post it on your Facebook a couple weeks back or something, Jeremy, uh, people's opinions on the prequels. I've always been an apologist for the majority of the material in those movies. And the one thing that I loved was that relationship of Obi-Wan and Anakin and those performances together. When they were together, the chemistry was always on point. And I loved McGregor as Obi-Wan. He was great. So, uh, dude, I, yeah, Over the weekend, yeah. I watched an entire documentary on the making of Phantom Menace. So I... Mm. Oh, is it the super yeah, long one? Yeah. Dude, I... Okay. I kind of fuck with that movie and like Jar Jar doesn't Jar Jar doesn't bother me. I'm like, you know what? They were going for a kid's character. I understand what they were doing. I get that. I get why people don't like that character, but you know, I'm just like you, man. I'm, I'm really excited for this Obi-Wan show. Yeah. I mean, the people that still hate Jar Jar, like literally they hate life. hashtag justice so, for Jar Jar. I mean, come on. You know, uh, you speaking go. of documentaries, I, uh, they just announced that the new it movie, uh, miniseries, Documentaries landing this summer, so I can't I'm pretty wait stoked for that. For that. That's been in the making for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, right, years, Jeremy? man. That's uh, Pennywise, the story of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So that's uh, the dude Gary Smart. That um, he he's done a bunch of documentaries and and stuff. Um, and he he does a great job. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. It's it's a, it's a shame that it didn't come out when. It was like really yeah. big and popular with the first movie and then chapter two. I mean, you went into FYE and all they had was Pennywise shit. And now that's really died down a lot, you know, that hype and everything. Though I would still go out of my way to meet Skarsgård if he did a con, but it doesn't look uh, like that's I, ever going to happen. You said before that you thought I, it could, I but. think that it could, you know, he turned down private signings for so long and then eventually he caved and he's done a couple private signings. Um, I think that if the right offer is thrown at him, because um, I, I know for a fact he was offered a convention and they offered him a shit ton of money, but this was this was back oh, when sure. he was making those movies and he was like, I'm not interested. Um, mm-hmm. But I think things change and, you know, that could be possible. Well, he hasn't done anything big in a, in a while either. I mean, uh, last thing I saw him in, in, in a theater was yeah, Villains, same. Yeah. Same. Uh, which he was really good in, but I mean... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to see that. I can't wait for the documentary. Like, any time a horror documentary comes out, regardless of what the subject matter is, I'm always excited. Minus those in search of. I I, oh. I know you had a weird relationship with those two. Uh, I bought so the did first I, one, man. and I thought it was okay. Dude, what what a waste uh, I'm not of gonna watch the 60 fucking dollars. It's like, hey, we're going to get, like, 20 recognizable, well-known people in the genre, and then we're going to split up this entire fucking two-and-a-half-hour documentary with microclips. Back to back, to and back, we're gonna to tell back, you to all the shit you already exactly, know about. Dude, for the it was most trash, part. man, absolute trash. I I couldn't even finish it. I literally watched I watched forty minutes of it, and I was like, dude, this is just a sizzle reel. It's just people that like are giving the yeah. synopsis of a movie, and then they move on to another movie and give the synopsis of that movie. It's like, dude, I'm a horror movie fan. I I know these movies. I don't need for you to tell me about these movies. Maybe this would be a documentary that's good for someone that's like just getting into the genre. new to the genre. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. I appreciate the thought and the effort that went into it. Definitely for a novice, I mean, 100% a gateway. And that's what it's probably intended for. I mean, they're saying that it's for hardcore fans. But, I mean, most of the shit in that, that first one, I knew almost everything from other documentaries or reading stuff. But... Um, yeah, aside from those, I don't know, maybe they're In Search of Tomorrow, their sci-fi one is better. I don't know. The one In Search of the Last Action Hero, whatever, the action one was fucking really? awesome. 
and I'm pretty sure that they were the same yeah, people involved. Sure. They did that one first. Yeah, that one rules because okay. they touched on a lot of action shit from the 80s that people don't talk about okay. as much. Mm-hmm. So 100%. But ladies and gentlemen, enough of the banter, enough of the nonsense. We are here on this episode this evening to do something that people are too scared to do. <clears throat> this is something that is going to be extremely difficult, but we have taken it and we're going to do it. We're going to count down our top five cinematic Batman character, actors, portrayals, whatever the Batman? fuck you want to call it. Batman. Mm. The Batman. We have different various yeah. miscellaneous Batman. <laughs> There's plenty of Batman that are going to be on this list. So we're going to count them down from number five. And we're going to start with B. Ratty with his number five top Oh, man. Cinematic, live action. I need to preface that first for those that are like, Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy can go suck a dick. He's a cartoon. (laughs) I know that he's a great actor and all that, but he never did it live action, so it doesn't count. So then he's not a good actor. I'm just mad because they had Mask of the Phantasm, and I saw No Tall Mm. Man. No Tall Man. No. That's one of the best it Batman is, movies 100%. ever, but not live action, so it doesn't count on that. But Brady, number five. Uh, so this one was a little nerve-wracking for me because you two are so big into Batman. Um, but I came to it. Uh, you know, these are my own personal top five Batman. It's supposed to be hard, Brady. Uh, it's supposed to be hard for you. Oh, I'm always hard for you. <laughs> it needs to go right in your mouth, too. Uh, so <laughs> number five is... A Batman movie that is the one that I remember seeing first ever as a kid. Uh, generally, not a fan favorite, um, but it still has always held up for me, and that is Val Kilmer's Batman Forever. Boom. Great choice. I Great choice. really love his... So for me, <clears throat> I know it's we're, we're talking about Batman, but I, I feel like I have to look at the performances of Batman and as Bruce Wayne, and... I think that kind of like Andrew Garfield in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, he got handed a really bad script and a not a great movie, and he still made the most of it. Like, he was still a stable Batman. I think this is kind of where you get into a more nuanced, crazy version of Batman, where you see, like, the trauma in his head, and I really like those moments in it. I think that his Bruce Wayne was, like, the arrogant playboy. Like, in that scene where he's talking to um, the Riddler, and he's just like, yeah, your stuff wasn't safe enough for Wayne Enterprises to use. It was just like so smug and condescending, and I was like, "Yeah, he is very." That's like smug, exactly yeah. what you what you would want Bruce Wayne to be like in that movie. I feel, and so I, I love the movie. The bat suit is okay for me. It's not my favorite bat suit, but like it, it doesn't derail me from the movie. Those nips. Like I, I don't mind the nips. Okay, it's free the nips. Yeah, I don't okay? either. I love the nips. So I'm a nipopologist as well. I Val Kilmer, Batman Forever, for me is my my number five top cinematic Batman. Great choice, man. I love that fucking movie. So, great choice. Jeremy, on to you for your uh, number five. My number five is Christian Bale. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I love Christian Bale in the role. Um, I, I I like the trilogy. I don't I don't love the trilogy. You know, I, Batman Begins has some some things that I really I really dig. I like more of the origin of him training with the League of Shadows and things like that and we go into the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is a fucking masterpiece and a standard for superhero comic book movies, in my opinion. Um, 
But he was solid, man. He he gave a, a great performance and you know, with with the the trauma that he went through with the trauma, <laughs> at, you know, the finale of the Dark Knight that leads into the Dark Knight Rises and and his his character arc and in, in the beginning of that one like pretty deep, man. It's pretty heavy. Um, you know, the one thing that and I feel like this is why it's probably so low on my list, why Bale is so low on my list, is that... Yeah, I was going to ask, because yeah. I, I, I honestly expected him higher Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I like, like... I read the Batman comic books growing up, so I can respect that they wanted to do a grounded, more realistic take on Batman, but I also, like, it made me want for more fantastical characters as well. <laughs> If you're doing a three-picture story arc, like, give me a little bit something more, you know, fantastical. Um, but, you know, we got these 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 villains that were all very much, you know, humanized. And I just always wanted, like, man, give me give me Clayface, right? Give me... Give, or Killer, Killer Croc. Killer Croc, or, right? or give me yeah. Man Bat, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. dude. Yeah. I'd still love to see Man oh, Bat. Me too, me too. So, someday I'm fucking love Just give me a good Bat. version of Bane. Or, you know... Ah, I, like I do, Hardy, I do, but, but know, I, I get it. The, it. It's all the writing. It's I all get it, writing, but you know, like yeah. I said, it was just, it was too ground in reality for my taste from being someone that grew up reading the Batman comics. So that's that's why it's so low on my list. But yeah, okay, all right, that makes total sense to me. And a lot of that thought process went in for me as well with these picks because I've gone up and down over the years so many times, especially every time there's a new Batman movie that comes out, which is. Obviously, the reason why we're sitting down to do this, because Pattinson has been hailed by so many people in the past couple of weeks. So we felt it necessary. It needs to be discussed. But my number five is the man that put so much effort into a role that most actors would have phoned in. He accepted and appreciated having the role of Batman. Without Adam West, we wouldn't have the Batman we have today. Mm. And while his version is campy, it so perfectly lives and breathes into that world they created and and. and The series itself created a stigma around the character of Batman, which was extremely unfortunate, where he was poked fun at and made fun of up until the late 80s, until Tim Burton really changed the face of how that character was perceived by the GA. There wouldn't be Batmania or anything on that level without Adam West's performance as Batman. And I've always been a huge fan of the show. I, I grew up watching it like religiously every opportunity I could. I've been watching it again recently. I mean, it's the gateway, I think, for so many people when it comes to the character of Batman. And even though, you know, it rides that fine line of being overly silly and it it does poke fun at itself. It's almost a satire on the material. I just love the shit out of it. And it's it's a perfect time capsule for that version of Batman for that time period and for that audience. And I absolutely love it. So, and when I met him, I remember telling Jeremy he was kind of a dick, but I'm just thankful I had the opportunity to meet both he and Burt Ward. I mean, he's a legend. He is Batman. So number five is Adam West. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that brings it back around to me. Look, I think that this Batman has the best Batman voice. And so my number four going into that is Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton! Michael Keaton. Low. Low. I knew that Justin <laughs> Michael was going to make some noises, but... Uh, if you were right here, <laughs> I would kick you in and the And I just want to say, like, this doesn't mean that I hate him as Batman, but, like, I, 
I think this is well, he ain't still in the top five. This is clearly <laughs> where like I think there's a generational divide. Like I grew up with Christian Bale's version of Batman. Are you trying to say me and Jerry? I'm trying to say you guys are old as shit. Old okay. fucks, dog. You guys are old fucks. Because we old as fuck. Um, but <laughs> but I guess when I think of Keaton's Batman, I don't think of his Batman in the movie. I think of the villains in it, and I understand that that's like probably where Tim Burton was going with it from everything I've read about it and researched. Um, but I I just. I didn't feel anything for his Batman. He looks great in the cowl. I think the voice is the best Batman voice that we've gotten outside of, you know, voice modulators and all that. But I just, he's like the weird guy that's slightly off and I don't like his Bruce Wayne. I think where he wins his Batman is like they keep him in the shadows a lot and he is menacing. And I know a lot of people say like his height sucks, but I mean, I'm five, six, like he's five, nine. He would still tower over me. And I know he would tower over Jeremy too. So like, it's all good. Well, goddamn. <laughs> And the ears are so long, it makes him taller. Exactly. It adds a couple inches. He would get on the roller coaster with those ears. So it's all good. That's right. Um, I like the suit a lot, but I, I, I just, he's not my favorite and he's definitely top five. I'll always respect his Batman. And I think he gave us the darker version of Batman that was able to give, you know, every other Batman movie that edge to get a little darker and then you get to Nolan's and you get to the Batman now. So forever grateful for his portrayal, but it only gets to the four for me. So okay. is, is well. he off the podcast now? <laughs> um, I'll have to yeah. think about it. Honestly, let me go back and put but it this way. The, I he, wipe my ass he, with Michael Keaton toilet paper. Okay. Jesus. Get the fuck off now out. <laughs> Jesus fucking seriously. Do you know who you're talking? No, seriously though. Um, he's still in his top five. The future is now. You know, and he put him at like, you know, if we did honorable mentions and he's like, he's probably at number eight, I'd be Can like, Can you imagine what Justin would have done if I had gone through my whole list and had not put Michael Keaton in there? He would have kicked a hole in the Honestly, wall. Honestly, I mean, I don't, he said, I don't, don't send me your audio. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we've ever discussed it, actually. He's so, like, I'm going to do what your real dad did and leave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four, it's me. It's me. <laughs> number four, Ben Affleck. I was a proponent for Ben Affleck the moment that he was announced. I don't know what it is about about the general audience when all of a sudden they're like, how can this person play Batman? It's like a masked vigilante comic book hero. And so it's like when he was announced and the internet lost its shit, what the fuck, Ben fucking Affleck? This is bullshit. He can't play Batman. It's like, dude, he he's in a... Academy Award winning actor that has been in so many different genres and played so many different characters. Why could he not play Batman? I mean, if anybody's ever seen Chasing Amy, they know he was perfect for this role. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, the moment that Affleck was announced as the new Batman, I was I was pumped. I was like, dude, yes. Absolutely. He literally is Bruce Wayne. He's a fucking rich ass dude that's a fucking playboy with a different chick every couple years that's smoking hot tan. It's like, you know, I could see Ben Affleck being a real life Batman. So it's like, yeah, this makes perfect sense for me. So, dude, I loved his build. He was way bigger than any other actor that has ever played Batman. I loved the costume. It looked way more accurate to the comic books. I just dude, he he looked like a fucking badass. Like he would he looked like a Batman that if if he emerged from the shadows, it'd be like, "Oh fuck. 
Like this is a huge Yeah, you'd be scared huge about hulking presence, man. So I just love that I I loved that he he got to have fun with the character as well because in in the Snyderverse, you know, I was just talking about, you know, how bleak and realistic the Christian Bale ones were. In the Snyderverse, it was very much like, hey, this this takes place in the same timeline as as these other movies with these fantastical people like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and you know, Killer Croc and the Joker and Harley Quinn, like all of these really colorful characters that I feel like he got to have a lot of fun in the role with the movies that he got. Um, I'm stoked we get to see him one last time, even if it's just for a short amount in The Flash. Uh, I would have loved to have seen more Batman films with Ben Affleck, but uh, it looks like that may not happen. I was going to say, like, it's also like, for all the people who are hating on Ben Affleck and his portrayal of Batman, like he never had a standalone movie to really prove it. And for what he did in ensemble movies, like I, I think, and I mean, if you go back to Dawn of Justice, like technically he's supposed to be like the villain, right? So yeah. I think that for what he was given, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, dude, I, I, I love Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. I, I believe it. I buy into it completely. And as Batman, like I said, he's a, terrifying opponent to these to these villains so mm-hmm. uh honestly he should probably be a little bit higher on my list but yeah number four is my is my is my benny there it is yeah so great pick he had he has to be in the conversation i mean you know that's been leading up to the batman the biggest point of conversation for so many fans is that now he's hailed as, especially for the younger generations, like their version of Batman. And everyone really wanted that Ben Affleck written, directed solo movie with him as the character. But unfortunately, he didn't want to do it anymore. And I think a lot of people that the entitled fans, if you will, can't accept that. It had nothing to do with anything else. It's just he did not want to do wait it. A minute, he, he, wait a minute. He, it didn't he, you mean to tell me there are entitled Batman fans? A couple. A couple. Possibly. I think <laughs> a there's a few out there. And he, he went through some really, really bad times when making yeah. uh, his yeah. Batman films. You know, like, he was going through a lot of personal issues um, and drinking and substance abuse and gambling. And, like, you know, he was going through a lot of family shit. And then his director and close friend, like, has, you know, a family tragedy that happens. Like, there was a ton of bad shit that happened. I'm pretty sure it was Justice League that really put the nail in the coffin because he hated that they had to do reshoots. He wasn't a fan of Joss Whedon's direction. Joss Whedon was an asshole to everyone on that movie. It just took away that enthusiasm and the vision of where they wanted to go with that version of the character. So it was. Yeah. So I, I feel like he had so many bad things that happened while making these movies that it probably has, you know, a negative stigma for him when he thinks about the character. It maybe triggers like, those bad memories, those bad times in his life. So I could, I could very easily see why he would want to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, heading on over to my number four. This is the first actor to approach the role of Batman as a serious indie style film character rather than a big budget comic book movie. He did everything to possibly lose himself in the role, portraying a louder, more aggressive Batman like we had never seen before. This is Christian Bale. Um, He used to be right up there next to Keaton, and, you know, this is my first cinematic Batman after Tim Burton's movies that really knocked it out of the park for me with Batman Begins. It really set the tone and the standard 
for what these movies could be. And even more so than the dark Knight, because we wouldn't have the dark Knight without begins. Um, the problem is, is I think he was spot on almost a hundred percent perfect in Batman begins, but he loses a lot of the Batman ish elements in the dark Knight and both dark Knight rises due to the writing, the change in the suit where he looks just like a fucking SWAT guy in armor with a bat cowl and bat cape. Um, it, it just didn't all that creature of the night, you know, the dark night when you imagine him that way, it just did not gel as well for me. Um, it didn't help that Nolan was never the best at fight scenes either, leaving this version of Batman probably the least challenging with hand to hand combat. I love what he did with the role. I think there's so much potential when you see in begins and even the opening of the dark night, when they start to shift the, the, the vibe of the movie, into a different direction is where I started to lose it a little bit. And his Bruce Wayne, perfect perfection. All of that stuff is great. His Batman just lacks a certain elemental thing for me to really have him up there at the top. So while I love him and the dark Knight trilogy is one of my favorite trilogies of all time. I just, I adore those movies. Batman begins is one of my favorite movies. His performance in it is brilliant. His Batman in it is brilliant. I only have that disappointment that the second and third movie, he didn't necessarily follow suit. So there he is at number four, Christian Bale and Brady. Yeah. Well, we're down to our, our, our top three here. So I'm extremely interested to see where you're going to go. Yeah. Next. Well, top three for me, that's a, that's a great segue for you because my number three Batman performance is Christian Bale. Um, you know, like I said, these movies were big for me growing up. Um, and Batman Begins, I think, is the best movie in the entire trilogy, too. I love The Dark Knight. I love Heath Ledger as the Joker. I love some of the things that go, that we go over in the movie as that leads into Dark Knight Rises, but I, I Batman Begins, for me, is where I really personally fell in love with Batman, and I think that Christian Bale, like you said, is spot on with the character. I think that he's able to bounce easily back and forth between this damaged Prince of Gotham um, and also be this vengeance seeking Batman, right? He's, I I love the storyline of the first one gets a little muddled in the second and third one. And I mean, we don't even have to talk about the dark Knight rises. Mm. The suit changes always got to me. I hated it. Uh, But one thing that really stood out for me was like this Batman's sense of morality and how in Batman Begins, it's like sets him up to for the Dark Knight where he's got like this holier than thou sort of sense of morality that ends up conflicting with him and, and causing him a lot of more pain in his life anyways. And I think for me, Dark Knight came out in 2008. So I was 13. That's right. Yeah. Um, that was also the year that my neighbor framed me for looking at porn. So <laughs> thanks for that. Um, but I still got to see this movie in theaters like five times. And I just... <sighs> I really love Christian Bale, but I don't love his voice. And I wish that he had been able to just keep doing what he did from Batman Begins through the rest of the trilogy. I agree. 100% agree with that. That was one of the points that I forgot to mention when I listed him is he had it down. Yeah. In that it was first perfect. Movie. And even, even to the point where recently in an interview, Pattinson even mentioned it when he was coming up with his voice, he mentioned how like it changes throughout movies for a lot of the actors, but Bale's, and, and a lot of it had to do with Christopher Nolan himself in the dark Knight. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not, but he started to use effects on 
Bale's voice yeah. to make it sound more monstrous and in effect made him sound like he was smoking fucking yeah. cigarettes a pack a day. He was smoking them menthols. Where are the other drugs going? I'm not wearing hockey pants. Swear I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. I mean, it starts a little bit and begins, but where he goes in the Dark Knight and Dark yeah, Knight yeah. Rises where... You <laughs> It sounds like he hasn't done cardio in fucking years. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ. I, uh, that's that's one of the biggest problems. No, and, and totally agree. I um, I I think that his Batman 2, I know a lot of people complain. Jeremy, you were talking about Ben Affleck and his size. I think that this is where you get a Batman who really fits into like the comic book version where he's been training for this. Like He's trained to be physically monstrous yeah. and... I mean, Bale's no stranger to changing his body to fit the role, and so I, I really like that we got that out of his Batman. Um, yeah, so it, it's Christian Bale coming in at three for me. Love him. Always will. There so my number three is Mr. Vengeance himself. It's Robert Pattinson. It's my Ooh. number three. Oh, shit. I expected him to yeah, be Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, this, this was a very difficult daunting task of putting together the top five like because <laughs> I've I've grown up with with Batman uh, I, as I said before in the previous podcast my first memory ever like literally the first thing that I remember in my life was holding a Batman and Superman action figure so uh, this is a character that I do love and I'm always super super excited when there's a great Batman film that comes out because you know We've gotten some some entertaining Batman films that it's like, okay, like, I'm entertained. Okay, that was fun, but this isn't something that is my gospel, you know. But every now and then when when you get a fucking really, not not only just good, but great Batman film, it, it's really special when that happens. And watching the Batman for the first time was really special because we got something that we... You know, we've gotten the damaged Bruce Wayne, you know, arc before, but this is two, you know, year two of of Batman being Batman. And, you know, it's been was it was it twelve years since his parents were murdered or fifteen years? So yep, something, something like that, like yeah. That, yeah. And so and he's still it's it's still close enough to him. It wasn't that that long ago that he's still really going through it and he's tormented by it and he's haunted by it and he's He's pushing himself, and he doesn't even want to be Bruce Wayne anymore. He just wants to be the Batman. He is a nocturnal animal. He said that everything just blends together because he's he is only awake in the nighttime. He's he's become this this beast that hunts these these people in the shadows. And I just I loved his portrayal and everything that people shit on when the trailer was released. Oh, emo Batman. Oh, you know. My Chemical Romance Batman or whatever the fuck. Dude, <laughs> it's it's everything right? that made me love it is, like, this was a guy who was really, really fucked up. Really fucked up. His parents got murdered, you know, and he's literally avenging their death every single night. And like I said in the previous episode, you know, he he sees the worst in people. Even though he's out there fighting and trying to make Gotham a better place... He still only sees the bad in people until, you know, you start getting into the finale of the film and he truly has a, a 180 for, for for character arc where he says, you know, I don't have to be vengeance anymore. I can be hope. And I think that it was just such a powerful, powerful performance and message 
you know, that, that we got out of him and his Batman, and he, he shut everybody the fuck up. I don't see anyone. Dude, Facebook is a cesspool of people that just want to complain about everything, and I have not seen anyone that's like, he sucked. Like, you, dude, maybe, I'm, not on tw- I'm not on the Twitters. But mm. no, no, I mean, like that was that was it was what I was saying was going to happen all along that those people that were talking shit, those people that were, you know, in parentheses, boycotting the movie because of Pattinson and fucking Twilight, a role that he did like 10 years ago. They're going to see it like we all knew they would. They're giving the money for the movie and seeing it. And I'm not seeing. No, any complaints. no I mean, dude, he nailed if it. anything. I'm seeing him being hailed as one of the best the yeah. best or one yeah. of the best and you know that's that's great i think he did a fantastic job um and i love it when performances like that can shut people up it goes all the way back to 1989 with michael keaton when there was a petition signed by over 150,000 people that were like we don't want mr mom as batman then everyone saw the fucking movie and they shut yep. the fuck up and then that, you know the rest is history you'd think by now you know heath ledger you name it man like people still shit on casting before they see a movie like before you actually sit down and watch I mean, we'll, the we'll, thing. We'll, it's we'll give them ridiculous. Arnold Schwarzenegger being cast as Mr. Freeze we'll give, we'll give them <laughs> Arnold but uh chill come on ice winter cold <laughs> well like alright y- y- y'all might have been right on him but the other ones you guys fucked up the name is Freeze learn it well for it to be the chilling sound of your doom <laughs> Best line delivery of all oh time, but God. no, for sure, dude. That's a great pick. He's amazing. Yeah. So that leaves Justin. I'm on to my number three. Oh shit, he's already been mentioned by one of you, and up until this point, this is the most violent and formidable Batman we'd ever seen. Angry, vengeful, and driven to smash his enemies into piles of broken bones and puddles of blood. I'm talking about the Batfleck. Ben Affleck. I mean, minus the killing part, Jeremy, as you just said not that long ago, he may be the closest to his comic book counterpart in terms of aesthetics and overall look to the character. Um, I absolutely championed Batfleck from the day that he was cast. I remember exactly where I was. I was on the internet constantly just awaiting some kind of announcement can you guys guess who I had picked that I wanted to be Batman by any no. chance? Uh, Army Hammer. No, but even though he was cast as Batman, the Justice League failed. The failed Justice League by George Miller. I wanted either uh, Ryan Gosling or uh, who the fuck else was it? Everyone's like Ryan Gosling can never be Batman. Yeah, he could. I was like, did you see Drive? Yeah. Um, or or Jake Gyllenhaal? I liked that choice. Ooh, Gyllenhaal would have been, um, been good. Yeah. But but when Affleck was cast, as soon as I saw the announcement. And being a fan of Zack Snyder's previous works, I knew there was a reason why he was cast. And we know that there was a whole multi-picture deal thing where they're like, well, he just won an Oscar or or Argo just won an Oscar. He didn't win one for a director, didn't even get nominated. He got a snub, but he was on the end with the awards movies and he was back being popular again with, you know, connected to quality filmmaking. So he was going to be writing and directing his own Batman, being Batman in a couple Batman movies. And for what he did in Dawn of Justice, I mean, he really put so much effort into creating this monstrous, heavily built, like, fucking creature that, I mean, dude, when when he would be on screen, the criminals would fucking be terrified. He would use 
brute force to absolutely destroy them. And I mean, we know that a lot of fans dislike this version because this is the version where he literally, he's not just shooting them by chance. The Batmobile actually, he aims and he shoots and murders people. He drops bombs from the Batwing onto people. He stabs a guy in the fucking heart. He takes a crate and smashes a guy's head. I mean, if you watch the extended cut of the movie, which I love with a passion, he's brutally murdering these people. Um, I've never minded that. I've always just never had a problem with Batman killing. I don't care if that's a thing in the comics. I also don't care if he doesn't kill, but if he does kill him, like, fuck it. That's the real world. That's what happens. Um, so it, Batfleck has always been one of my favorites. And I have to say, um, up until the Batman, he may have just been top two, but unfortunately he was just dethroned. Mm. So at number three is the <clears throat> Batfleck. All right. Well, number two for me is Ben Affleck. Yeah, oh, there it wow. is. Um, and right I'm just going to follow up about the killing. Michael Keaton's Batman killed people. Like, almost all of them have killed yeah, people. Yeah, until you really get to Christian Bale's version and Nolan's version where he has, like I said, the higher sense of morality where he's like, I can't I kill mean, people, but he lets people die. People still die because of, people still die because of Bale's yeah, Batman. Yeah, but... It, either directly or indirectly. Yeah, so I never had an issue with a version of Batman that kills people. Now, if he was out there killing innocent people, sure, we can talk about that. But, like, he's killing goons and he's killing, like, just bad people. Like, I, I don't care. Um, what I do care about is how well he did it and how badass he looked while doing it. Um, yeah, there it is. I think, so I'm a huge, huge fan of Ben Affleck. Always have been. Um, and so when... What's your favorite What's your favorite Ben Affleck movie uh, of all time? Uh, Gone Girl. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. Love him in that movie. Uh, outside of that... It would probably have to be Goodwill Hunting, even though he's not in it a lot. I think, like, I love, like, that younger era of Ben Affleck, and then also um, Paycheck. It's got to be Armageddon. It's gotta Armageddon's be. really, really good, but I like Will Patton <laughs> in that more than I like Ben Affleck in that. Oh, okay. Anyways, I, <laughs> up until recently, I really didn't think that there could be a better Batman for me. So, he was everything that I wanted from the live action character i think that he really like where bane or not bane when bale was able to kind of give off this persona of being injured and being a, a dejected bruce wayne ben affleck was able to really get in there and lean into that tortured soul aspect of it like he's dealing with the guilt of and still of not just his parents but also of, of robin who's been killed and he has that that costume still in his fucking bat cave. And then all the people from Wayne tower that died. And that's truly turned him into a broken bat. And that's yeah. why he's able to break his own rule. If you want to say that about no killing and because he's so blinded by his rage and his want to do harm to these people that have hurt him and people he loves and cares about. And I, I mean, you know, you could say justice is blind, right? But I, I think it also gives you a glimpse of him being the traumatic Batman, the traumatic Bruce Wayne that's trying to be better. And he's trying to be the best version of, of himself that he can be. Um, and you have to wonder how much of that he brought from his own personal life. Because like Jeremy said, he was going through some shit at this time. So I, I have always loved this performance and it's not just a warehouse scene for me between him and Superman, which is still fucking great. Uh, it's just him in general. He is like the epitome of Bruce Wayne, at least this version of Bruce Wayne that we've had fed to us for decades now where he's this billionaire playboy. Like he's so charismatic and he's so 
witty like that scene with him at the gala where he's talking to Clark Kent like in the banter back and yeah. forth is just like you're Don't like that's Bruce Wayne you read, yeah kid. it's so yeah. great uh and I just I love it I will always always be an advocate for Batfleck he's fucking hot he's fucking built he's fucking terrifying like if, if you <laughs> were walking down an alley and he just walked out of the shadows like I would piss myself you know yeah. you you talking sure. about about you know the death of Robin in in that cinematic world, you know the one thing that we got robbed of, or many things from the you know now debunked Snyderverse is uh, Carrie Kelly, which was going to be the female Robin that was supposed to come into the fold, mm. played by Jenna Malone. I love Jenna Malone. That's right. She yeah, was dude. She everything. she has a she um filmed some stuff uh, in Dawn of Justice. Um, yeah, she's got a brief scene in the yeah in the extended cut. cut where she was playing Carrie Kelly. She was going to be the next Robin and. They were going to lay the foundation for that and bring that into the fold. And uh, another thing that just didn't happen with, with the Snyderverse, which sucks, man. I was really looking forward to that. Before before I turn it over to Jeremy, there's just a couple more things about this Batman that I completely forgot to mention that I talked about a little bit earlier. I love the use of technology with this one, like the voice modulator. I think that that's really, really good. Um, I like that he's kind of like the bat tech mechanic where he's doing most of it. I think with Bale's version, we got a lot of him tinkering, but really it was Lucius that was doing most of it or even Alfred. Very true. Um, Very true. Which is fine for that storyline. It didn't take anything away, but I really like that he's the one in charge of his own stuff now. And I think his detective work is is pretty fleshed out or at least as fleshed out as it can be in the story, because and then it gets back to the roots of Batman investigating and looking for stuff and not just being out there beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. He had those elements there. While the movie itself didn't lend any time for him to be the detective version that we see in, you know, the Batman, mm-hmm. we still got him figuring shit out. We saw him creating his armored suit, him preparing exactly. and training to fight Superman. We got all of those Batman-esque things that we hadn't seen before, um, you know, so that was always fantastic. And I have to say, I didn't say it when I was ranking him, that my ranking of him is specific to Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. I loved him in Snyder's Justice League, his vision and his film of Justice League. But I've always liked Batman as being a solo guy. I'm not really a big fan of him being like friends and sitting at a table with fucking other heroes. I like him in the shadows, in the darkness, and a stoic figure. So that's why in that movie he still had that. Um, He is great in Snyder's Justice League as well. But So, Jeremy, we're on to you for your... Numero dos, my friend! So, (laughs) my number two is Val... Whoa. Val Kilmer. Bats aren't rodents, Dr. Meridian. Dude, so. Holy shit. I'm actually shocked he's so realistically, high. Realistically. Realistically. Batman, huh? That's it. <laughs> realistically, he was really my Batman. Because, you know, when 89 came out, I, I was five. And when Returns came out, I was seven. So I was still super, super young, right? So by the time that I was 11, you know, I'm, I'm older. I'm able to, you know you know, I'm watching more TV, you know, I'm reading, I'm reading the comic books. Like I'm more invested in the character and who is Batman and why do I like Batman? Why do I want to fucking be Batman? Right? So the marketing machine for Batman forever was huge. I remember the hype and the buildup for this movie and the trailers. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're getting the Riddler. We're getting two face. Everything looks wildly different, but still 
works for it being a sequel to Batman Returns, but it looks so different. I remember seeing Batman Forever for the first time. My dad took me to see it. I, I begged him, take me opening night, please, please, please. He took me, and I just remember thinking it was the best fucking movie I had ever seen. I was 11 years old. We got Jim Carrey as the fucking Riddler. We Powerhouse. Absolutely. Yeah. That was when Jim Carrey was Jim fucking Carrey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was like that was right after Dumb and Dumber and the Mask. He followed that up with this. And make no mistake, that's one of the biggest reasons why the movie was a massive Absolutely. success. Broke records. Absolutely. And shit. I also I loved Val Kilmer's performance as Bruce Wayne, man. I really, really, really loved this. You know, um he sees a lot of himself in Chris O'Donnell's uh Robin. Like he he sees so much of himself and he wants to help them. And what was so cool about that, again, I was 11 years old and I'm like, okay, well, Chris O'Donnell is playing like a, you know, 18, 19 year old guy. Early, mm-hmm. early he looks like late, late teens, teens, early, early 20s. 20s. I mean, he's in his late 20s. Yeah. But. So I'm like, dude, like, oh man, like in, a, in several, you know, a few years that could, that could be me. Right. So it was like, it was cool seeing, finally seeing Robin show up in one of these movies because- yeah. You know, I'm sure you guys know, but um, which which Wayans brother was cast in Batman Returns and actually got paid for it? It Marlin. was Marlin. Okay. Yeah. Marlin was paid and signed on to be Robin, but then you know they didn't have enough time to shoot, and it just didn't. Yeah, Tim Tim Burton was like super super against it too. I read that he was just like, man, I don't fucking rob. And I I heard Michael Keaton. He, he never I heard Michael Robin. Keaton was against it as well. He was like, what? I mean, honestly, that version, I, I can't see a Robin next to that version. Now, Kilmer's version, which is slightly toned down a little bit, a lot more colorful. He still has that darkness. I can see yeah. them together and they work well together. The only unfortunate part about that is without going too deep is that we don't get much of it. We get it yeah. at the end and then yeah, that's ex- the end. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, dude, the the whole Marlon Wayans cast as Robin thing, it's always like fascinated me, though, because I still own... The 1992 Kenner Robin. It's it's a Batman figure. Returns action figure that's Robin, but even though Robin's not in the that's fucking right. movie, but if and dude, he has a flat he has a, top too. Even though it's a white figure, he's he has a, flat a flat top. top. They painted him white because they were like, okay, well, they they made the toys. The toys went into production before they actually filmed the movie. That's it, right. That's why the penguin wasn't didn't look anything like exactly the exactly. So, but then like once Marlon Wayans wasn't Robin, Robin wasn't in the film. They were like, okay, well, let's just paint him white because I think it would confuse people otherwise. Um, so I still have that fucking figure. But anyway, so now we're finally getting Robin in the Batman story. I loved Chase Meridian. Like, I I love that they even reference Vicky Vale in the movie. Um. I, I just all right. Stop plugging your band. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that there was still the thread of like, okay, this is the third installment, but it's it's different and it felt different and it was exciting and it was a film that I I begged my dad to take me back and see it again. I collected all the action figures. So here's some really nerdy fucking detail I'm about to drop on you guys. My birthday. So the movie came out in June. My birthday was in September. So like they were still rolling these different variants and toys out. You know, um, because this was a money-making machine. Those action figures were fucking pumped out. Dude, I was so into my action figures and, like, creating my own storylines that my birthday was coming up. And I snuck into my parents' closet and I saw that they had bought me the Riddler. And I was like, oh, shit. So, like, (laughs) I had all these storylines with my action figures. It was always, like, TV episodes, right? 
Mm-hmm. So like I started a storyline that was like the Riddlers coming to Gotham, and it like it lasted like three weeks until it was my birthday. <laughs> and then on my birthday, I finally opened the toy, and I was like, "All right, see you later. Like, won't see you for fucking four days. I'll be in my room playing with my Batman figures." And I don't know this that that movie and that Batman holds a special place in my heart, and I and I still think the the movie is a shit ton of fun and. Oh, I, sure. I love the behind the scenes stories as well about how Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey fucking hated each other. Or more like Tommy Lee Jones fucking hated well, well, Tommy Jim Lee Carrey. Hated Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey really ruled that set. And a lot of people, there was a little bad blood because they knew he was the big star. So he was call, kind of calling the shots. They would do a lot of extra takes. And Jim was always known for doing Improv. like multiple takes, doing totally different things. And it put a lot of people off. Yeah. yeah. Especially Tommy Lee Jones, which, I mean, he's a serious actor in this movie, and he's got fucking purple makeup all over his face, like Ivan Ooze. I love it. Um, which came, actually, that movie came out two weeks after Batman Forever, the Power Rangers It was, it was movie. a great time to be a kid, but, um, right right at that time It was, frame, dude. dude. Fuck so, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's my number two. I, I Dude, real, okay, one, one last little story. I fucking met Val Kilmer, and I've told you this story. I I've told you this story, and it's... It's no bullshit. Like, I'm not fucking making this up. And it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in person. So, <clears throat> I'm in line to get my picture taken with Val Kilmer at a photo op. He's sitting in a chair. He's got a baseball hat on, right? And I'm next in line to get my picture with him. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm going to do the voice. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. He looks at me and he goes, watch this. <laughs> and... He- he takes his hat off, and there was a chick that was no bullshit. She was at least, I don't fucking know, 10 feet away from him or so. He threw his baseball cap across the room. Not only did it land on this, and she knew it was coming. Not only did it land on this chick's head, but it, land, it landed Bill out perfectly. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, every time, every time I do it. Every that's time, some Batman. dude, I literally, I literally looked at him and said, "And that's why you're fucking Batman." And it was, it was, it was that's fucking awesome, amazing. Dude. So yeah, dude, he's 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 very much, you know, my childhood Batman. Mm, great pick. I love Val Kilmer. Wonderful, wonderful. I love Kilmer. I love that movie so so much that we. We as a brand, Epic Film Guys, have been championing the hashtag release the Schumacher cut on Twitter and Instagram and everything. We've been doing so much, as much as we possibly can to plug it. So if you're listening to this and you haven't heard about it for the first, you know, this is the first time you've heard about it. There is a cut that was screened uh, by the writer Akiva Goldsman uh, about a year and a half ago. He watched it at Warner Brothers. It is Schumacher's original cut of the movie. It actually exists. It's before Warner Brothers came in and wanted to lighten it up a little bit more. Um, we know some of the deleted scenes are on YouTube and on the special features on the DVD and Blu-ray, but this is a totally different cut of the movie from start to finish. So if you're interested in that, check out uh, C.T. Schumacher on Twitter. They're the official account for it. But yes, hashtag release the Schumacher Do it, cut. do it, do it. On to my number two, Freeze. Um, A stoic and powerful presence with a brutal edge, so deeply obsessed and overtaken with Batman that it carries right over into his alter ego of Bruce Wayne. He's the most thought-provoking Batman, highly intelligent, but he's still learning. It's the Battinson, Robert Pattinson. He won me the fuck 
yeah, over. Yeah, Holy shit. And I was not prepared for this. I knew I was probably going to like him. I championed him since day one. I was so excited for the movie, but I did not expect to walk away being like, is it possible? Could he really be the greatest cinematic Batman of all time? And while most of our listeners know what's coming up on my list, he is right up there at the top for sure. I mean, Pattinson put his heart and soul into this role and it totally shows um, one of the greatest Batman portrayals of all time. With him in the suit, it reminded me so much of being a kid with Michael Keaton and he didn't need to do anything. He just had this swagger and this presence with his movements and the way he would turn his head. And in his eyes, which is the most important component of Batman that has been missing since Michael Keaton left the cape and cowl, those eyes of intensity and the darkness. And there's so many close-ups on his eyes, and he acted and emoted so much with his eyes because he's under a cowl. He can't do much else. When you're Batman, you have to stand up straight, puff your chest out. And he did it so subtly, but so powerfully. And every scene with him in the suit in this movie gives me goosebumps. We see this rage, this anger, that vengeance. It really has carried over almost like a force field around him every time he's on screen. I just love every single thing about this version of the character, Uh, especially after seeing it three times. I mean, I'm in love with it. Mm. It's probably the smartest direction this character has taken cinematically, I think, since 1989, personally. So, love it. That's a great pick. He's my number two. My my thing is, though, I just hope that they, like, I understand they're doing, you know, kind of like a grounded reality thing, too. Um, You know, like I said earlier, I'm just, I'm hoping that they lift that sum to bring in some some more comic book villains, and it's not just the humanistic villains that we're going to get. I, I agree with that. I mean, there's rumors right now that Two-Face could show up. I mean, even though he's not like a giant monster or anything, uh, you know, how the Dark Knight dealt with him was they killed him off fast because they're like a dude with that kind of wound on his face would be dead anyways. Right. So they have to figure out a cool way to have him be alive with that kind of damage to his facial structure and have him be, you know, a formidable foe for Batman. Yeah. But that that's, that's one that would be interesting. I'm going to go out and say... This could be a little little hot-button issue, but I'm kind of sick of seeing the Joker. And I know that the Joker is Batman's top adversary, that they bring out the best, not the best, but you know what I mean, the best cinematic parts of each other. It's the best storyline to follow, but like, I don't... Yeah, spoiler alert, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the Batman yet, but here yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I don't need the Joker to be at the forefront. I like what Reeves did and kind of threw him in at the end, and you, everybody who knows Batman can tell that that's the Joker, but I don't need the next movie to be about the Joker. And luckily he's come well, out Brady, and said, in the script, in the script and in, in IMDB, he's marked as unnamed Arkham. He's prisoner. the fucking Joker. That's not the joke. That's the fucking <laughs> Joker. Why else would he laugh like that? Come on, get the fuck out of here. But he, uh, I, yeah. I just, I don't need it. Like Jack Nicholson. Great. Heath Ledger. Great. Yes. It's a great character in it, but have him in the background. What about Jared Leto? You don't want no beef. I don't even want to talk you about You don't want Jared no beef. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I, no. I, the only part about Jared Leto that I liked is that all his teeth got knocked out and he had to have fucking caps on him because Ben Affleck fucked him up. I'm not going to kill you. I just going to hurt you. I just, really, I don't, I don't need the really? Joker in this one. Give me, give me Two Face. Give me Mr. Freeze again if you want. Give me Poison Ivy. I hope that, I, just, I hope Mr. that they Freeze. wait to bring the Joker in for the third film. 
Like, yeah. not the second film. I think the second film is too soon. I think you could still put him in, in the same capacity that he was in the most recent one with, like, kind of like a cameo thing towards, like, like okay, yeah, he's still fucking here. I say, I say bring him in at the end of the second, right, Jeremy? Weave yep. him in and have it end with a huge tease, then leave him for the Absolutely. third movie. Like, have him have some kind of impact or trauma to the to mm-hmm. story or you know what I mean like have him do some really crazy shit and have the movie end on a cliffhanger ending and then be like make people wait three years yeah. to see him show also, up and see what they do I would love it. to get this Gotham's version of the Scarecrow because the Scarecrow that I have in my mind I don't know if you guys are big into video games but it was like the Arkham Knight video games mm-hmm. like that Scarecrow oh, sure. was fucking Those menacing amazing, and I know that you can't really translate that directly to the film with like the vine hands and the spindly fingers but like they had such a big chance with Cillian Murphy, and it just—I think it bombed. Like he's not. I see. I, I love him in the role, but I, I know what you mean by that. They did very little with Scarecrow, but I mean, even in this world, you know, that I mean, Nolan was a grounded reality, even though Reeves is more grounded. Yeah. I think with using the fear serum or fear gas or whatever, they, they, there's a lot they could do oh, with those. Oh, for sure. So Definitely. give me something and, like that. You know, give me the long Halloween storyline, like give me all that stuff. And I think that's what Pattinson wants anyways. So like, just do it. Yeah. Like if you got, if, yeah. if you've got a director like Reeves, who has already showed that he can make a fucking fantastic Batman movie and you've got Pattinson coming back as Batman, just fucking do it. Yeah. I'll be very, very interested to see what direction they go in and what villains they're using. But guys, we are down to it. This is it. The number one cinematic Batman. Brady, it's on you, baby. Oh, man. So I've honestly never connected more to a version of the Batman than with George Clooney. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to to love you. I was about to pull your pants down and get wet. Uh, Well, I do like George Clooney. Uh, I think (laughs) he was a better Bruce Wayne than he was a Batman. I'm Batman. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's Robert Pattinson. It's the Batman. It's I honestly I knew it. I I knew it. Sat in that theater and I felt like I could cry. It was such an emotional experience for me. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about, but talking about Pattinson as the Batman, right? The build is there. The features are there. I mean, just that jawline under the cowl. It's superb. Like it's like in the eyes. It's it's all there. He doesn't even have to be talking in a deep like gravelly voice for me to be intimidated by him and feel like that's fucking Batman. Like that scene where he comes out of the shadow in the subway station, chills. And those chills never left me for the rest of the movie. Exactly. I love his fighting. Brilliant. Scene. I love the rage that he fights with. I love his death wish that he has. He he's this Batman. He's the year two Batman. He's just he doesn't care. All he sees is vengeance, and that's all he wants. And then his Bruce Wayne is a version of Wayne that we haven't gotten yet. They tried to do it a little bit, I think, with Christian Bale, but in Batman Begins, they kind of skipped over that part and just bring him back after his training with the League of Shadows. And he's all of a sudden like this billionaire playboy who knows how to play the part. Pattinson's Bruce Wayne hasn't learned how to do that yet. He doesn't care about keeping up the facade of being the Batman. He can hide in his fucking mansion and never come out, or his tower, I guess, in this one. And The most gothic fucking tower you've ever seen of all time. He can just focus on beating the shit out of people because he's still... His Bruce is still tortured by his parents' death, and that's never going to go away, but at least with this this version of it, like you can see like where he's still really grappling with it. He doesn't know who the Batman is yet. 
And that's exactly what I wanted from this. And you can call it emo, you can call it My Chemical Romance, sure, but really he is a broken person who's trying to do what he thinks is going to make him feel better. And I think that that's one of the most relatable Batman that we've gotten. And I just, I think that the gritty, grimy version of Gotham is great. I... I always had an issue with Bat- with Nolan's because it. you look at it, you're like, okay, that's Chicago. Okay, that's Pittsburgh. Like, it doesn't really look like Gotham. And Burton's is so over the top that it works, but this one is just that seedy, grimy. It kind of reminded me of, um, like, Sin City almost, you know? And I, I love that you get back to the noir detective thriller. I love all the characters. It's just, it's, it's him for me. I love it. Great yeah. choice, man. And I can totally understand why so many people are hailing him as the greatest or one of the best, if not the best of all Mm -hmm. time. And uh, for anybody who's out there that's like, oh, that's that fucking Batman movie with the vampire, go fucking watch Good Time. Go fucking watch anything else he's been in. Go watch The Lighthouse. lighthouse. Like, it's he's a great fucking actor. I mean, go watch fucking Harry Potter, for Christ's sake. Like, come on. He's great in literally everything minus the Twilight movies, which, by the way, I've never seen He was still fine in those. He did exactly what he was supposed to do for those movies, which is why they were so wildly successful. He did exactly yep. what he was supposed to do. I, I think if he if he did those Twilight movies and they were flops and it was awful and everybody hated them, then yeah, absolutely, like fuck those Twilight movies. But they didn't. They were they were the biggest things in the world when they came out and they made millions and millions of dollars. So I think even with Twilight, he did what the fuck he was supposed to do. Yeah, it's it's you know the misogynists. Mm-hmm. It's the toxic masculinity driven assholes on the internet that have an issue with him because he's liked by so many women. He's this hard. Twilight was made for teenage girls. If, if you're not a fucking teenage girl, then you're not the fucking demographic. No wonder you don't like it. It's like, dude, were you hurt? Cause you didn't get laid that night after you took your girlfriend to see Twilight because she looked at you after looking at Robert Pattinson on the screen and was like, uh, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know, it's you're you're blaming him for your own problems and the misgivings. <laughs> Dude, the, the funniest shit is that um, my dad is a huge fan of those movies. He's like, hey, man, good movies, good movie. Th- th- them, them, them is some good movies. There's a <laughs> what I was, so I was gonna say growing is, up, my cousin Laura loved the Twilight movies, and we had this like little I forget what it was called, but it was like a like a recorder basically, like a little video recorder that you could film like ten minute videos. So one day she came up to my cousin John and I, who were like the same age, must have been, again, 12, 13. She was like, hey, like, I really want to like make a movie. Like, I think it'd be good. And we were like, sure, we'll fucking do it. We're homeschooled. We got nothing else going on. And she was like, have you guys seen Twilight? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so she made us watch a scene. It was like, I want to act out this scene. And it was the scene where Bella and Edward are like in the woods and she sees him like sparkle for the first time. So my cousin John at the time was like almost 6'1", very spindly very vampire-esque and I was not so he got cast as Edward and I had to play Bella so there is a video somewhere in Virginia (laughs) of me playing Bella and my cousin playing Edward and we reenact the scene so (laughs) must (laughs) I'll try to find it this find it and we'll 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 throw it on our page he's like like, yeah I'm not gonna do that yeah I'm gonna crush that Jeremy we're on to you so your number one. It's my gold kitten. If you say that in the Arnold voice, my gold kitten. It's Michael Keaton, man. 
shit. I didn't even. Oh Michael my Keaton. God. That is masterful. Yeah. Michael Keaton. <laughs> also, if you say my cocaine in a British accent, Michael it sounds Kane. like you're saying Michael Caine. Uh, I'm my cocaine. Dude, <laughs> Batman 89. I love it. Uh, you know, I'm mm. I'm honestly not a huge Tim Burton fan. We we've had these conversations. Um Yeah. Numerous numerous times. numerous times. Like this guy's entire career for the most part has been predicated on him taking existing material and being like, I'm gonna do it, but gothic. You know, like that's kind of been his shtick. <laughs> where it's like, okay, like like literally if you pull up his IMDB, like almost every single thing that he's done has been pre-existing material that he's taken and adapted in his own way. To where I'm like, dude, I want to see, like, dude, if you're supposed to be this person that's this huge, brilliant, creative person, like, I want to see a true Tim Burton film. Write a fucking script. I, what's what's in your mind? I want to see a movie that you conceive, that you write, that you direct, that you cast, and I want to see what that's like you know, we haven't gotten that very much at all throughout his career, man. Very few. Yeah. Very, very, very few, few times. times. But that being said, he nailed it with this one. Like, nailed it. There's a reason that it was a tremendous blockbuster when it came out. And there's a reason why almost everybody today, if you ask them who the best Batman is, they say Michael Keaton if you ask Michael Keaton about playing Batman, he will tell you, I am Batman. I don't play Batman. I yeah. am Batman. Um, I just, I I love how unique his bat, his uh, Bruce Wayne performance is compared to his, his, you know, menacing Batman performance. You know, he's he's kind of like an oddball as Bruce Wayne. And, and I love that he's got that switch, though, right? Like, the scene... In Vicky Vale's apartment, when the Joker and his goons show up, and dude, he takes the the fireplace poker, and he's like, <laughs> "We want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. Come on!" Like, dude, that that level of insanity of like, you know, the cracks between okay, well, who's Bruce Wayne and who's Batman kind of fades in that moment because he realizes, okay, how can I get this situation under control without showing all of my cards that I am the Batman. And he goes from being this kind of like odd, quirky billionaire guy to, you know, this fucking insane person in that scene. And I just, I, I love his performance of Bruce Wayne and Batman. I love his Batmobile the most. I love that that we get the Batwing in the fucking movie and in, in the first film. Um, I love that we get Jack Nicholson's Joker in that story. Hmm. Dude, I I love that movie. Um, it is one of the best comic book movies ever, and it will always be one of the best comic book movies ever. And that's why Michael Keaton is is my number one, my gold kitten. I couldn't have said it better, man. I mean, it's it's really hard doing these lists. I mean, everyone's got their personal preferences. Nostalgia does, you know make a stake in some of it. But at the same time for me, you know, I had a conversation with someone a couple months ago and um, without any context, without, you know, really any deep discussion, they blatantly told me, well, your favorite Batman is Michael Keaton because of nostalgia. And I was like, how naive of you 
to without conversation, without digging deep, without actually knowing the reasons why I love Michael Keaton's Batman, assume that the reason why I like him is because when, you know, I saw him opening night when I was five years old, that it made this kind of impact on me. That That's the only reason. Um, of course, Michael Keaton is going to be my number one. He's the greatest of all time. He's the originator. I mean, a true creature of the night, a beast, a monster, the image of a devilish and terrifying giant bat coming to life, floating down from the refers to strike terror into the hearts of his prey. The criminal underworld fears him as this gigantic myth and his presence as the Batman is unmatched. And we had talked about eyes. It was his eyes that got him the role that Tim Burton saw something in there, this intensity. He has that darkness and all he had to do was that famous Keaton pout in that suit. And he instilled pure menace and intimidation on screen. Unlike anything that had ever been seen before. Um, there's something really interesting about this version of Batman. And it goes back to what you were saying, Jeremy, and hinting at it. And I'm not sure if you know this or not. The diversity between the Bruce Wayne and Batman alter egos. They shot a scene that wasn't in the script that was based on Michael Keaton's preference. He wanted this thing to feel real where when he put on the cowl, he goes into this transformative state and he shifts into a different person. And they shot the scene and never made it its way into the movie and it's not available anywhere, but they did shoot a scene where he goes into this trance like state and then he automatically puts the cowl on and turns into Batman. It's a really interesting, and that's why I think when you watch the movie, that part's left out. But when you see him change, he is two completely different people. There is no Bruce Wayne in that Batman until the end. I mean, we see Joker hit a nerve when it comes to the fact that he killed his parents and they discuss it briefly before he punches Joker off the top of that cathedral. Um, I don't I don't think, guys, uh, you know, we've got Pattinson lined up for a couple more movies. I'll be watching these movies until I'm dead in my grave. Like someone on Twitter said to me today, he's like, I can't wait to see when you're 80 years old and you're watching Batman beyond in theaters, proclaiming it's it's level of quality. I'll be there, but I don't think anyone's ever going to be able to take the trophy, the mantle that Michael Keaton has. He set the, the, he set the bar. He set the tone. He set the standard. And for me, at least in terms of all of the elements that I love about the character of Batman, no one has quite topped that yet. And I'm not saying that Pattinson doesn't have the ability to do that in the sequels. It's totally possible. But right now, with what I have in front of me, hashtag Keaton gives beatings. Motherfucker. <laughs> He's the greatest. And in my viewpoint, he always will be. So that's my number one. And that is our list of ranking the top five. Now, before we go any further and finish out, I had a bunch of honorable mentions. Did you guys have any honorable mentions at all? Yeah, I had a couple. Nope. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> go ahead. Maybe. I mean, it was really every what you've said pretty much. Uh, Adam West, you know, I I have to give him credit because he was the first one to really do it. Um, and as goofy and corny as those 60s, 70s episodes are, like, it's still the Batman. And, like, you still have a basic framework there. And, like, it, they're still enjoyable. Like, I still love him. So, yeah. he's up there. George Clooney, for me, is by far probably one of the worst 
Batman that we had? You can say don't hold He got a really shitty card by getting a really shitty script. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like he would have been fine had he been given an actual good script. Dude, I think he could have been, yeah, he could have been a great, he looked great in the suit. He could have been a great Batman had he been in a different movie. And I love Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. Like, unapologetically, unironically, and ironically, I love that That's movie. But one of the, in terms of him playing the character, one yeah. One thing I always remember from that is when Robin had the fake lips on when Poison Ivy kissed him. And I was like, brilliant. Like, my little little kid brain was, like, exploding. I was like, there's no fucking way. He had saran wrap on his lips. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, Clooney's up there mainly for nostalgia's sake because it was a big movie when I was little and going back and watching it like there's still enjoyable parts of it and enjoyable parts of his performance and when you talk about the eyes of Keaton and Pattinson like I think Clooney's are piercing maybe not in the same way but well the intensity is not there because you can tell as he goes through the movie you know he knew he was making a live action cartoon yeah. they had, it had lost any sense of you know seriousness or darkness and tone so yeah um but in terms of like, you know, to, to flow out and finish out what a top 10 would be for me, number six would be Val Kilmer, 100%. I love Val Kilmer. I, I, I like his Bruce Wayne more than his Batman. I know that him coming into the role was a last minute thing and he only had a few weeks to prepare and he kind of mimicked Keaton more than doing his own thing with it. But I really love that end scene with him in the sonar suit. He really does feel like Batman and I love him there. Number seven would be George Clooney. Uh, number eight would be Lewis Wilson from the 1943 serials. Mm. Number nine would be Robert Lowry from the 1949 serial. And number 10, just for shits and giggles, I put it on here just to, in case anyone else fucking knows who this is, but Bruce Thomas, who played Batman in those old OnStar commercials. I know it's not mo- a movie. It's I know it's not cinematic, but I just wanted to put them on here because those commercials have been making their rounds recently on social media. Do you remember nah, those, Jeremy? You, you'll, those you'll have to send me that. You uh okay yeah there was oh, go ahead it was like a fifty million dollar campaign that OnStar did with like you know full Batcave they used the eighty nine Batmobile and they used suits from Batman and Robin and this Bruce Thomas guy played Batman. Nice. You forgot one. What did I forget? You forgot um, Andy Luther and his portrayal of Brian Douglas in The Dark Knight as the fake Batman. <laughs> who tries to get the scarecrow and then is captured by the Joker. Who gives you the right? What's the difference between me and you? And then gets killed. Yeah. yeah. I have no honorable <laughs> mentions. I said what I said. I said what I had to say. Said I said what, what I said. said. And that be the end of it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bat Stew. This will be our last installment that is Batman-centric until probably the next time I feel like talking about Batman. We'll see. But we'll be back to horror-centric shit for your listening pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're hearing, if you want to support Brain Stew on the Epic Film Guys, Jeremy, tell them where they can find so, uh, us. So, there's this place, Hunan. It's uh, this Chinese place down the street from me. I got one of them... Uh, Fortunate cookies, and uh, so I wrote the words brain stews on one of the, the fortunate cookie papers, and then I threw it inside of a Gatorade bottle, and I pissed in the Gatorade bottle, and I threw it behind the 7-Eleven down, down Broadway. Uh, so if you can find that, uh, it has a website on it and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, check, check that out. Yeah, and if uh, you're interested in checking us out, we're at Epic Film Guys on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you like what you're hearing, if you love what you're hearing, if you hate the shit out of us and you want to tell us to go fuck ourselves, 
head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Or if you use Spotify, you can leave us a star ranking on there. You don't actually have to write anything, so it's a lot easier. Uh, we may be doing a promotion soon, another contest. I did want to thank, again, Warner Brothers for the opportunity of doing that contest for the Batman and sending us a bunch of merch. We got hats, T-shirts, and duffel bags and some cool little uh, 3D puzzles and stuff. And our, our winner, the true king of comedy on Instagram, she just received her package today and posted on Instagram. So thank you to our winner as well. But until next time, you creeps, I'm, I'm Justin. Jeremy. I'm Brady. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it... Keep it creepy, okay? Brains do! <laughs>